What is going on, storytellers? Today, I have a very special uh, first interview for you guys um, with Caleb Wu, a composer from Georgia, um, a film composer from Georgia, now operating out of South Carolina. He's amazing. He's got a lot of great ideas, um, and he has a lot of insight for us in this first episode. So um, I hope that you will sit back and enjoy this 50 minutes, 45 minutes or so, uh, however long this episode is, um, of just some of his work, how he's overcome some of his obstacles, um, and what, what's next for him. So, um, no, without further ado, I'm going to turn it over to past me who recorded with him. Um, and yeah, we're going to get right into this podcast. Welcome to Crossroads episode two with Caleb Wu. All right, what is up, storytellers? We are here with our very first um, interview. Um, today, we have a composer originally from Augusta, Georgia, who now um, works out of Greenville, South Carolina. He is a singer, a violinist, a harpist, but he has a newfound passion and love for film composing. Um, so we have Caleb Wu here on the very first interview of the Crossroads podcast. What's going on, Caleb? Hey, I'm glad to be here. Thanks for asking me to join you. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've I've known you for about two years now. We've actually not really had the chance yeah. to speak and get to know each other, um, <laughs> but I'm really glad we're doing it now and doing it here. Um, obviously, we talked a little bit before this, got to know each other a little bit, but um, thank you so much for being here. Um, I know you're a busy man. Yeah, you know, you've got all of those starring lead roles in, in you know, film <laughs> composing world to, to do. So thank you for taking the time out of your busy schedule for me. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, so yeah, you're newer to the world of film composing. Um, that is yeah. a world that I kind of have a lot of love and passion for. Um, mm -hmm. But what would so storytelling within that realm? Um, what is it? What does it mean to you? What does storytelling mean to you um, as a film composer or aspiring film composer? Wow, storytelling. I, I know it's a big question. Isn't it? Yeah, it really is <laughs> defining an entire like. I've actually done a lot of, I've seen storytelling play out in a lot of different fields, not just composing. So um, more recently, I've been looking at it as a term of how art affects that or visual arts, but as well as in um, health and how you try to um, get a concept across or explain something. So even in education, in education, in music and acting, obviously, some of them are more uh, lend themselves more to storytelling. And so I would say that storytelling is the art of, so it's an art within an art for composing. Okay. And it's the art of having a concept and connecting that and connecting with another individual or an audience and connecting that concept to them in a way that they can come away with something that they can apply to their lives as they move from away from your story or the, something that connects with them that impacts them that they can continue sharing with someone else. Wow. That I like whenever I ask that question, I know like I'm I'm prepared for like a crazy answer because I feel like you can't really define storytelling. And right. Yeah, that's exactly. Kind of, that's that's the whole point of this podcast, right? It's it's to like see what everybody you know, thinks of storytelling, what it means to them, um, because it's going to mean something a little bit different to everybody because everyone's yeah. got their own perspective and everything, which is mm -hmm. awesome. Um, but I like how you were, you were talking about how it's really, um, 
like a chain reaction type of thing. Um, like it starts with an, with one piece or one work or one piece of art. Um, and then goes to an audience member and that audience member, like their interpretations is its own art in itself. Um, and that will lend itself to more stories. And so it's just kind of like a, like a snowball effect for storytelling, which is why Mm -hmm. it's like so cool is you can never really get to the bottom of the barrel of what it is. Um, so, you you have um i would say that you have like more of a practical um idea of storytelling with the way that you um said how it uh how it goes how it relates to health and um mm-hmm. like how people interpret it like physically and and truthfully because yeah. i mean mm-hmm. if you're thinking about storytelling it's so metaphorical and it's so intangible um in a lot of ways but also yeah. um in terms of film composing it is tangible because you've got actors you've got um directors that have their own personal tastes and then you are adding your own flair to that sort of thing um i saw that you went to a master class at bju where you went to school um where you're going yes. to, where you went to school and um you saw richard kaufman he said writing for film is like seasoning someone else's food um i saw that in your instagram post and i thought that was <laughs> that was amazing because as a lover of music and a lover of film composing I was like, wow, it's like, you've got, you've got the director, you've got their food and same thing with yeah. like the actors and everything. Cause the director trusts the actors to portray the story in a certain mm-hmm. way. And the director trusts you to portray the same story in a similar way. Um, but in a way that makes it all come together, like a great dish, like a, you know, four course meal, you're just one of the little seasonings in that, in that meal. So what, what do you think um, film composing in terms of storytelling brings to um, a film like emotionally? Uh, I mean, what, whatever that means to you, because uh, like, again, this is like a, a huge thing to unpack as well. So you don't have oh, to yeah. go crazy on me, but you can if you want to. But <laughs> what 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 do you what do you think that film composing brings to that whole dish of filmmaking in general? Yeah. So just like trying to define storytelling, trying to encapsulate that in a small package is also, mm-hmm. it's, it's incredible. Um, when I was working on that film for the, the senior capstone, um, that's when I saw the, that's when I went to the masterclass. It was um, some cinema faculty, the senior I was working with, and then the two or composer, um, Lee Holdridge, and then Richard Kaufman, who was actually um, leading, or he was conducting, um, we were having artist series, which was, um, when they were having, um, it was called symphonic Hollywood. So they were playing a bunch of Hollywood scores and Lee Holdridge's scores were in there. And then Richard Kaufman was conducting it and their wives were there. And we had that, um, when we had that masterclass when he said that quote, and it was, it was interesting because just like in cooking and in culinary arts, there's, and in painting as well, and I think I should probably pull more of painting because that's what I'm more familiar with, is there... He's a painter too, just... ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I dabble. Didn't but dabble. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit. Um, but you, the, the people think of art as like this visual piece of a lot of color and a mm. lot of like putting paint onto a canvas. But just like artists, they start with a blank canvas. So it's just white. And then you add on your color to it. And it's the art of 
where to put color and where to leave color out. Same for film and cinema is where to put sound and where to leave sound out, at least from the composer's side. So when we were working with it, um, film music really does control the emotion of a scene and kind of can help mm. enhance an audience's um, emotional response to a scene. And, but equally so if it's there where it shouldn't be, it it's, it's like an, it may not necessarily be awkward so much as there's too much music. Sound could have lended it's not itself as powerful better as it could this. be. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's just as powerful to put music into a scene as it is to leave it out. And, mm being able to understand where you leave it out and where you put it in is a big facet to making sure that your music reflects what the, the director's going for. And with your, your own expertise as the musician working with a film director, if your music, if you think your music fits the scene and you're like, I use these techniques and I follow like this composer's artwork and they do this for the kind of emotion, and if you say that and the director comes back to you and says, this music's garbage, I need something different here. First, you can't take it personally because it's it's what you're creating something for them and they just don't like what you've created. So you need to come back with something else. And if whatever you think fits, but the director doesn't think it fits, you, you can discuss that. But it ultimately comes down to how the director sees the music fitting into the piece. Yeah. And that was the biggest part of how music fits in. Yeah. The crazy so. thing about that is that like you could, you could, you know, compose something absolutely amazing and mm -hmm. it could be like perfect for, at least in your mind for the moment. And then the director doesn't think so. And that can be, I feel like pretty discouraging to a lot of people. Um, because especially yeah. <laughs> you're like, uh, speaking from experience, <laughs> it, yeah, it sucks. Um, yeah. I mean, you create something that you pour your heart and soul into, or I mean, you put a lot of time into, I mean, whether or not you put a lot of time into it, you know, it could just come to you and you're like, you know, boom, 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 you know, you score it. Right. It's perfect. Yeah. You know, sometimes it takes like days, weeks, even whatever your timeline is months. If you're like in a, in a bigger, more professional environment, if you're in like a, mm -hmm. uh, a, a more independent environment, I feel like it's, a shorter time time frame because you're trying to work those kinks out, um, you know, as quick yeah. as possible because you don't have all the time in the world because of small budgets. Um, but like it's, it can be really discouraging to work on something that you think is amazing. And then it just like, isn't what the director wants. And, yeah. and I feel like a lot of different storytellers have that sort of, um, discouraging moment. Um, it could be an actor, like they have, a, they make a choice and it just doesn't, you know, bode in the way that the director wants um, this scene to be interpreted by the audience. So from your perspective, you know, these, I would consider these as obstacles in like the whole storytelling journey as a film composer, mm -hmm. um, as someone who's, you know, you, you put your heart and soul into a piece, you know, it doesn't work out. The director doesn't like it as much. You know, maybe they say, this is really good, but just not for this scene. Um, you know, how does that affect your ability to continue with the project? Like, you know, you have your mindset on this piece. It, you think it's amazing and it is amazing, but it just doesn't work well. How do you keep going? Like, like what, what does that do to your, to your, um, I guess like status of, of, you know, motivation for a project? Yeah. Well, I'll definitely say I can't, you can't ignore the fact that it can be kind of just, it can be really discouraging as mm -hmm. a creator 
you've made something that like a piece of you is in and yeah. then someone's like nah and they yeah, just kind of toss it yeah. aside so but part of it is not yourself as the artist take just discarding it as well and saying okay obviously that was bad and i should throw it out and they're right i'm wrong let's go back to the drawing board instead mm. as like for musicians you can kind of keep that in your portfolio and say this this is like a like maybe say it was a melody maybe it was a sound effect something mm -hmm. and you can keep that as an idea for something later yeah because just because it doesn't work now doesn't mean it couldn't work later on in the film maybe even in an entirely different film project so for sure when I, yeah so whenever a director or whoever you're working with comes with comes to you and it's like or the or maybe they're we're even just sitting back and watching the film and saying, yeah, that music may have sounded great um, while we were editing, but when we're sitting here from the audience perspective, it just is too much. We need to tone it back. And really, if you keep your mindset on the fact that we're not telling a story because because we have great art and we want to express that great art, but rather we're using great art to connect to an audience, and if it doesn't connect to an audience. We, did, we haven't achieved our main goal. Hmm. And so it's less discouraging because you're actually catching it before it goes to the audience. Very true. And, and then you're like, okay, well, I'm glad we caught this. So now we can change it. And it's actually really motivating because it's this collaborative work that it's actually um, a quote from one of the, the professors at Bob Jones in, um, in the cinema department. She Lay said- Lay it on us, what'd she say? Yeah, she, oh man. <laughs> she was like <laughs> she said actually she was quoting george lucas i think it was george lucas he said of course she that was. films aren't released they escape and so for like working on music and you're always having that that um critical feedback that constructive criticism that you're working with as you're working with music and as you're going and you're just trying to create something to get to this deadline. But once you get to this deadline, eventually this film is released and and you can watch it in theaters and see it and listen to it and totally be like, wow, we made this, we created this, this is where we're at. But also see areas that you're, you could have changed during the process mm -hmm. or some things that you're like, huh, I wonder if we had done this instead of that. So there's never this, you've never achieved, you've never like reached this height and and then once you get there you're like peaked instead it's like so like your film escapes growing. before you're able to like make it perfect in a way right and so you want to achieve you want to strive for, i want to say this like with like multiple caveats like you want to strive or achieve for a level of some kind of perfection, perfection. yeah yes perfection with quotes like, <laughs> we definitely need those air quotes because if you if you're trying to achieve perfection then your film will never be released and your music will never be released but it is good to have some kind of standard for what you want to release but you can never get like that ultimate perfect especially if you're an independent artist working by yourself it's one of the things i learned from working with someone else is the fact that when when you're a composer you can also have someone who's working on your writing stuff they actually score it for you or edit the score for you, send it back, you check that, then you send that to your orchestrator or something like that. So as an independent artist, it's even harder to, to attain those things. You mm -hmm. can get it, but you should not be as hard on yourself when, you, when you're when you working on stuff. 
Wow. I don't even know if that answered your question. No, you know, I think it, I think it did answer my question. Um, I liked, I, I mean, I like that quote about a film escaping. Um, do you think that, do you think it works the same way with like the compositions that you create? Like, do you like in terms of striving for perfection, you know, like obviously you are your, you know, harshest critic, you know, everybody knows that. Um, Mm -hmm. and once you get something to where you think you want it, you know, there's always going to be a next step. You're like, "Mm, maybe I want it this way. Um, but eventually you have to release it. You have to, um, Mm -hmm. submit it to a director, a producer, whoever is, whoever is, um, grading this for you or looking at it for you, you know? Um, and, and in that sense, do you think that the music as well as escaping, um, or, um, I mean, obviously you're going to continue progressing as you create more compositions, but just hypothetically you're doing a project and, um, they ask for your compositions. You're not so happy with them, but they are, I guess you could say up to the standards that you think the directors are looking for. Um, so then you give it to them. So, and you know, in essence it escapes. Um, do you think Mm -hmm. that it works the same way in these compositions? Like that it's never, you know, where you want it to be? Or do you see that you are, I mean, do you see some of your projects and you're like, wow, that was successful. Like I'm, I'm proud of that, you know, cause sometimes yeah. people don't, people aren't <clears throat> proud of their work and, and it sucks. It's like, it's, it stinks, which is why I'm kind of doing this podcast. I want people to yeah. be encouraged. So what do you think about that? Like, do you, do you think that your music escapes? Yeah, definitely. So I, I, I like your goal that you were talking about right there is to encouraging artists in, in their art and in their craft. And I definitely say, I, I look at some of the mu- some of the music, not all, some of the music that I've created. And I'm like, wow, I really, some of it's like, wow, that was really bad. I'm going to clip that. But so you other... say all of it. And then you like, all is amazing. And then that guys, Caleb thinks that his music is the absolute <laughs> best. You heard it here first on Crossroads. No. Oh man. Yeah. If only that were true. Um, I, I do look at some of the music I create and I'm like, yeah, I do. I, I do enjoy some of the music I I've created. Mm-hmm. Obviously sometimes I'll listen to it and think I could have changed some things. And there are some pieces that I go back to and I enjoyed the simplicity of it as an amateur composer. I, I was, I was mentored through it as well. So it was, mm-hmm cool to see having a a professor kind of say this this music like as we're working on small bits of it i'm getting feedback on it and getting encouraged as a learner yeah so i think that's one of the big things first is investing in your craft by by taking lessons from some yeah yeah doing it but also getting experience from some like working with someone else kind of like listening to this podcast listening to other artists who have done certain things checking off their work Hmm. learning from them and investing in that and then once you've like that's i think the coolest part about being able to look back at your art is seeing what you had learned from podcasts from books from the internet from youtube from teachers from peers and then seeing how that mentors yeah all of that and seeing how that has shaped a piece that you release it's an art form in itself isn't it Right? It's like yes. sculpting you. It's like all these people mm-hmm. are putting their fingerprints on you. And uh, I mean, eventually one day you're still in the process of getting sculpted and having that completed masterpiece. But for right now, you're still a work in progress. And I feel like all of us right. are still works in progress. Like always like this, this podcast is always going to be a work in progress because right. there's yeah. always something new to be added to it, which is amazing. Like there's, there's no, there's no, 
um, you know, just there, there's nothing, nothing short of just everything, you know, there's, there's right. yeah. everything yeah. you could ever ask for in the world, in the universe, you know, it's, there's just an infinite amount of things that you can add to your own personal, you know, craft or, um, whatever your, your standard for success is, you can always add to it. And I, I think that's a beautiful thing. Um, because, you know, nobody's perfect. Like Hannah Montana says, I don't know if you know that. She, <laughs> did you know that she said that? Did you? I probably heard it. Nobody's perfect. I got to work it. That's what Hannah Montana says. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I really yes. like how you said that, you know, learning from everybody, having all of those different influences on your life, just tell a story in itself. Cause I mean, you, Caleb, you have your own story to tell and you're doing right. it through something that you love through composing and, and mm -hmm. through, I mean, singing and playing violin and playing the harp, which is absolutely awesome. Dude, the <laughs> harp is so pretty. I don't think people understand that. Like they, whenever they think of a harp, they think of like a, they think of a film where, you know, they're in a ballroom or something and someone's just like playing the harp. Um, yes. but, but I mean, do, is that the, is that the, you know, is that right? Or do, do you, is harp much more than that? No, I'm so glad that you said that. So I've actually, I haven't played harp as long as I've played the other instruments. Honestly, okay. I think I've played harp probably as maybe a little bit less than I have been actually as a composer, but from study of like timbre and stuff like that, harp is so much more. So like, yeah. When What's you timbre harp, for everybody that's listening oh, to this? Sorry, yeah. Explain what timbre, timbre is. Meaning, um, so I guess the best example and is how do you two spell it? Play the, mm, okay. No, sorry. Uh, it's T-I-M-B-R-E, I think. Good job. Good job. Timbre. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Sorry. I just had to say <laughs> that because I, I thought it was spelling funny. Bee. Yeah, you won the spelling <laughs> bee. Look at you go. I'll, I'll, I'll mail you a trophy. Oh, sweet. I was hoping I'd get a prize. Yeah, um, but yeah, But timbre is the, I think you could probably call it a science. I would say it's a science mm -hmm. of differences between two instruments and the way they sound. Okay. So you can have a violin play an a, I'm going to say A4. I think that's wrong. But you can have a violin play an A, and then you can have a harp play the same A. And then that um, sounds different. It has a different textural. It's like a sound texture is what timbre okay, is. Okay. And so the the differences between instruments and then instruments played together create different timbres. So there's like millions of different ways to yeah. play just the the note A. For all of and you so guys listening, I know what timbre is. I just wanted him to explain it to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's such a hard question. No, um, no. But... I, I, it is. It is. Like, it's very very subjective like sure but there's going to be a definition fun. for it but there's a million different mm -hmm. ways to explain what it is so yeah so yeah, you're just explaining harp is just has a different timbre and it's just very it's just very unique yeah and so like when when you talk about when everyone thinks of harp they think of all this like very angelic sound which it is or mm -hmm. they think of like very like elegant or like ballroom like you said yeah but also um John Williams used it in a lot of Star his Wars. pieces as well to, what was that? I said Star Wars. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I just adjusted my earbud when you said that, um, All good. but, All good. but yeah. And, and, um, there's even some interesting comments about, about his use of harp in Star Wars too, but hmm. the, it, it can have such a, 
a different aesthetic, add a different aesthetic to music that I think could be um, explored more by composers. So like okay. how Hans Zimmer was actually like rebelling against the typical use of an organ when he was using in, when he was composing Interstellar. Interstellar. Where it was like everyone thinks of vam I think he said this, everyone thinks of like vampires and like like Dracula. that kind of stuff. But he yeah, exactly. And you want he wanted to have a more intimate sound with it. And so I think it's a fun thing to do as a composer is to go against um what people typically think an instrument should be doing and create something new and then people accept it because it sounds good. Mm -hmm. And so then you just create this whole new texture that can define your music as a composer. So yeah. That was a long yeah. answer to yes, I played. No, I like that. What, what, just really quick, what are the um, interesting comments that you have about um, John Williams' use of the harp in Star Wars films or his just use, his ah. use of the harp in general? I just want to know if this is a hot take or something that the people need to be aware of. Uh, I, don't, I don't think so. It's something my professor um, brought up when we, were, when we were working on composition. So at, we were talking about like who I was wanting, like working towards sounding like, or at least talking about different musicians and, and their techniques. And he uses harp, but the way the harp is played, it's very prominent in some of the, I can't think of the titles that it's in, but it's very prominent. And the harp itself is actually not a loud acoustic instrument. So typically mm -hmm. if you were to write for it, if it was unmiked in say uh, like the Sydney Opera House, which doesn't use mics, you would have to have the harp playing with um, quieter, like the string instruments. Brass, um, the reason like the orchestra is the size it is, which I'm sure you know, is because it's a balance between the, the, the acoustic ability of the different instruments. So you have like 20 violins and three French horns because three yeah. French horns is about equal volume as 20 violins. And so the way the harp is used in his music it's playing above like an entire orchestra because you can hear it in there and you can hear it very prominently. So it was just a, the way it was mic'd or the sound producer had worked on it. And so it, it, it was an interesting thing to, to hear. I think it was either my professor, this uh, podcast I was listening to talking about how sound mixing affects the actual sound that you hear whenever it's played live or on film because harps, typically aren't heard over the orchestra mm -hmm. but because of the way it was mixed you could hear the harp and so that's it's not a hot so you take could, you know that think, he you know that he was like note. really wanting to use the harp like you know that the harp was yeah and in, in like it, it was without question something that he just wanted at the forefront of the music so i mean obviously he thinks it's important and you play it so by the commutative or the something property of math John Williams actually thinks that you are important. If you didn't know that, Caleb, John <laughs> Williams thinks you're important. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah. No. It's it's an amazing I achievement. That. I know. Um, I'm actually. Yeah. I'll actually be flying you out to meet him um, next week. So, I hope you oh, packed sweet. your bags for I that. Will... Yeah. That's awesome. I am already packed. I'm already there, actually. Oh really? No. <laughs> I had dinner with him. Man, I want to meet him yeah. so bad. I would love to. Um, oh, same. John Williams. I want to go to one of his concerts. Me too. They're all they're all crazy expensive though. Like, like every any time I can they imagine. Come out, I'm like, mm. 
but you know, people yeah. are willing to pay it and he's worth it. So, um, I mean, I'll go bankrupt to see it if I can. Right. I'll take out a loan. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Right. right? <laughs> Some of my student loans or something. Um, <laughs> Awesome. Well, I mean, we've had a great conversation so far, but now I kind of want to get into a little bit of what you've like a little bit about your works, like your pieces, the things that you have produced and composed. Um, you don't have to get, I mean, you don't have to describe all of them, but there's just a couple. I was, you know, looking at your YouTube, looking at your Instagram. And, uh, from uh, the time that's... that I met you, it was about two years ago, um, at this point. Yep. And you have some of those, uh, I think they're the Instagram reels um, of uh, actually they're not Instagram reels. They're stories um, of your like improvisation. And the very first oh, one yeah. that you did, I don't know if you remember. I mean, you, I don't know if you look at them often, but the very first one that you did about two and a half years ago was um, from how to train your dragon. Um, and it was the oh. John Powell piece. I think it's called once yes. there were dragons. Um, but I, I just had to bring that up because First of all, John Powell is amazing. If you're not um, yes. uh, in the filmmaking world and you don't know who John Powell is, he did one, um, you know, How to Train Your Dragon, um, as I just said. Yeah. Um, and you should go listen to it's it if you haven't. It's you a must. must it is amazing. It. Um, and he's released like some acute like piano only um, like books for it, which yeah. I yeah. would love to know, but I don't. I mean, I'm not. Mm. <laughs> I'm not well read uh, like that. But um, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because that's two and a half years ago, and now you're uh, working on Macbeth. Um, you have that uh, that that uh, film coming out um, called Willow. Um, you, are, you finished it. Yes. Yeah. So yep. you finished it. Was Willow. premiered a few weeks ago. Okay. Wow. Actually. Where can I mean? Can can I can we watch that anywhere? Um, I'm not sure. So the way it, the capstone works, uh, the seniors are basically launched into the working world mm -hmm. with a film that they can submit to uh, different producers. Uh, film or... producers, uh, film competitions. Okay. Okay. So all of them are styled to where they could do that, and the one that I did actually. Um, came. It already is an award-winning film. It had won an award. I can't remember what the competition was called, but it came in second place to actually one of her classmates. So wow. it was it was a cool achievement. That's awesome. Um, when we were watching the the film, she told me about that, and I'm like, wow. Is so, was that the one? I know I I know you sent me one or like a clip to one. Was that the one that looked like um, uh, like it was like a very flat rock landscape? I. No, no, I don't think so. Okay, this one was inside a house. Oh, definitely not. Then that's completely different. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, how long did you work on that film for? That was a let me see. I think it was almost an entire semester. So oh. from August to well, it was more like um, September to December, okay. like before we went on Christmas break. Nice. Um, or before classes let out for Christmas. Um, we worked on it not every day, but it was almost every day. Don't you lie um, to me, It was boy. an interesting... I'm kidding. No, it, it was like, it was, um, we would, we were, we were initially, I was composing some pieces and then she was just going to plug them into the, to the film. And then eventually it got to where we were meeting in the sound booth um, regularly in the evenings just to edit 30, not even 30 seconds of film to get the music like spot on. Okay. And that was a fun process of learning collaboration. Cause this was the first 
project I've worked on with someone else mm -hmm. composing in general, and then just like figuring out how music fits into the film. So, which is why I feel like I've like kind of had this like rocket pad kind of launch in, into film is because I was working with a director who I highly respect for her work and then learning from her insight, learning from professors and then, um, doing it almost literally every day. Yeah. So, wow. So that was 30 so, seconds of music can go by. It's just so slowly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I know what you're, I mean, when you're getting so meticulous like that and if in like filmmaking or like mm -hmm. composing it, it's like, you know, the nitty gritty is like, you know, striving for perfection, like we were talking about earlier, but mm -hmm. you yeah. know, and I mean, the more you do that, the closer to perfect you're going to be like, you might not ever get there and you probably won't because right. there's no such thing as perfect. Yeah. Um, but yes. the more you focus on the, the meticulous, you know, nature of the pieces, the closer you get to that point. So that's really cool. And exactly. that was your, that was yeah. your first like collaboration with like a, a fit, like your first film composing gig, I would say just, you know, collaborating with people yeah i think so that was the first film i i i forgot to say that also like the music video that we released was the, the year before that so i had it wasn't technically i wasn't writing for film i was just writing a piece and then we recorded like a music video of that so that was this would have been my second collaborative work first actual film work. what was that piece called uh the the music video was forest him and it is by it was published by zion productions mm -hmm. on their youtube channel. speaking of forest him how on earth did you get a piano oh, into gosh. the forest for <laughs> this forest him because oh, i man. saw the video and i was like there's a piano in the middle of a stream how did like what i hope that wasn't a nice piano like or, or you if know, it was, how did you protect, like, what, what, how did that happen? Yeah. So there is an entire, oh man, it was, it was such a fun process. So I literally randomly get this text from a friend and she was like, I have this idea. Do you have time to like meet for lunch or coffee or something? And so we grabbed, I think it was coffee. And she was like, I just bought this drone and I really want to do a music video with it. So like, what can we do? And okay. I was just I had just finished taking a composition class and I was like, I mean, I could write something and we could film it. And she was like, I just envision a piano in the water. And I was like, that sounds amazing, but I don't know how this is going to work. Cause like, what kind you of budget we got here. Yeah. Do you do realize like how much these things weigh? And this is going to be entirely like unfunded. It's going to be all these, college grads yeah, yeah. like bright eyed bushy tail yeah, you know how that goes something. it's like this is gonna be awesome and you're like wait we have no money yeah all, we're in yeah. debt right now so how can we <laughs> yes, do this yes exactly yeah. yeah so it um the 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 we actually shot in two locations it was a, a field and then there was also the creek and the creek was actually the second place we shot at and i think it was like a year apart when we shot because we had filmed one side then we were going to film in the stream, but by that time it was like freezing cold and it was already cold. And so we went to the stream location and the stream is actually, it's at a friend's house and they were super gracious to be able to like, let us come and film there. So it was, it was, it was really cool how like that worked out. And, um, hmm. but the stream was actually like 
in it, obviously you could see it was in the forest yeah and the person's house the forest, where the driveway which is why yeah, I'm it was you, how you got a piano there <laughs> <laughs> and so we like where the driveway was to where the creek was was about uh, it wasn't a long ways but it was i feel like 100 yards maybe it was it was pretty deep in the forest that's a it football wasn't, like field, super far guys. away from 100 uh, yards is a football field Okay, I don't think it was that long. I think I'm exaggerating. It felt like that. No, I'm saying because that. I'd we, be impressed if you did that. That that's pretty cool. No, yeah, it definitely wasn't that. <laughs> I'm I'm really bad at uh, um, estimation. But we had to get we put the piano. We were going to get uh like wheels or something mm-hmm. to make it all and basically an all-terrain piano. Yeah. Um and we didn't end up doing that partially cuz I was supposed to do that research. And then I was like, "Hey, well we could just make this sleigh out of we in order to get the piano into the field for the first shoot we had bought these um like 10 by 2 boards and had the piano we'd like it was like a little assembly line we'd have the piano on the board we'd push it forward and then once it got to the end of those boards we'd put we'd have people run around the piano and put the boards on the other side and then kind of keep going so creating the track as it went down the track okay and then we used those boards underneath the piano, strapped it on to slide it through the forest. And then we used a um, riding lawnmower to pull it while we um, helped it stay upright. And I mean, nobody died, got pretty close, but like the piano would come through trees and we'd have to like brace it so it wouldn't fall over. And then we got to the where the creek was Mm -hmm. and the creek. So that was relatively flat. We were kind of going downhill, but we were up about three, four feet above the creek. Okay. And the creek was like, obviously four, five feet Uh down. And so we had to figure out how to get it down one slope, down the other, and then into the creek, into a place that was like kind of stable. Mm -hmm. So we scouted that out. We'd actually scouted it out the year before. And it was, really cool to because when we scouted it out the creek was or they sent us some pictures when it had snowed and the snow melted the, the creek was like full okay and so when we got there to record though it was pretty shallow where we were going to put the piano and then the the land the guy who owned the land and his son who was a friend of ours they were looking at how to basically get the piano down mm-hmm. so we used the two boards that it had come down on and we basically made a ramp that kind of guided the piano into the into the into the creek and then we left it there and it's still there to this we day just, it is no, still it, there guys. yeah legend has it it's legend still there. has no, it we, it's actually we, playing it's itself it's playing itself so yeah, if you some, go when you go you know, the forest, where they filmed it you know it's just music it hears the trees yeah. fall and when no one's around the piano hears the trees fall <laughs> so if you ever wonder it does make sound yes it does and actually the the piano plays noise when no one's around too and the trees hear it Ooh, mm-hmm. that actually sounds creepy <laughs> that does <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's a crazy that's crazy though um a lot so, of commitment yeah i think there. we're gonna yeah we're gonna try to release the behind the scenes so you don't have to listen to me try to explain it you can just see it okay i would love watch to see a that. struggle yeah <laughs> i would love to see the behind the behind the scenes of that because you know i i envision what it looks like you know you guys using these two by fours you know bringing them down yes. um mm-hmm. so 
yeah, struggling. Um, I'm sure <laughs> in the video, can you see you guys like struggling? Uh... Oh yeah, there was one time that the piano was going down the the slope, and um, there it's. I think there was like three people on one side mm -hmm. and like one person on the other, and it just like leaned, and I was the only one that could. Whose piano I, like, was this? There to, like, it was. We found it on Facebook. I think the one of the friend that had the drone found it on Facebook Marketplace. She was looking for a piano that was relatively inexpensive, and I think she found this one for free. Yeah, and actually, it's it plays really well. Um, it's probably just a. Space it was a nice issue. piano. Yeah, had to get rid of it for the. Space. Oh, no, so they. I think yeah, I think they. I think they had been moving or something. Well, like that. if you guys need a piano, so, check Facebook Marketplace. They might have one for free yes. on there. So oh, with yeah. the parents' permission, log on to Facebook.com. <laughs> yes yes get your free piano today yeah there's a lot of free things on facebook marketplace that like yeah like i mean i saw like a desk the other day and um nice. because i'm gonna be in austin for only three months i can't just like go get stuff so i saw a desk right. and i was like dang it this is like a really nice desk i wish i could have it um but we've gotten so far off the topic of storytelling and that's what this podcast <laughs> you know we're telling our own stories right so like in, right? in, in a sense, we are still on topic yes. because we're telling we're stories. We're living the mission. Exactly. Um, you have some music on Spotify. Um, if you look up Caleb Wu on Spotify, um, W-O-O, -O, um, then you will be able yes. to find your uh, EP called, uh, what was it? It's like the, the Na, what is it? Tell us. The Na The Na Da Na. Yes. And it, that's a character that you came yeah. up with during COVID? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I had, I'm obviously when we were trying, when we were all trying to figure out how to live life in quarantine, mm -hmm. um, those years ago, um, I had been painting before and then just picked it up again. Cause obviously in college it was, it was kind of hard to maintain multiple hobbies. I feel much you, less one. I feel you. Yeah. Much, yeah. Much less any. So <laughs> I got my paints out and was like, I don't even know how I just created the character. I learned this like sketching technique. So I was kind of doing that mm -hmm. drawing circles and then was like, Hey, it would be cool to have an astronaut, but he explores the water instead. So yeah. I was really interested in telling children's stories. Yeah. Um, and so I created him and then was like, Hey, the, the idea of soundscapes as music mm -hmm. evoking a landscape is kind of what I was going for with that um, piece. So that's kind of how that all yeah evolved you did that i mean i listened to it actually before we hopped on um the podcast uh i listened I it's, it's it. only an ep so it's four pieces but um they all i mean they're great they're really good like they are I appreciate they're super that. cool so like the the fact that it's like for it's a children's character um i would say that mm. the the music um it's not as like playful as i would assume it would be like for like a children's type of you know story but it is like yeah. soundscapes so it's i mean you put it behind like if you're reading the story to someone and you you play the soundscape behind it you know it it's gonna work um my question right. was are, are like is this like a, a book that you want to write like would you would you th ever think about illustrating um the not a not that's so i don't know if i would call it the not a not because people hear that and they're like what the heck does yeah, that mean yeah. and it's kind of a word i made up um, well, it's but, very clever. So, <laughs> so that's like that's that stems from I'm a very multi passionate person. So I actually, well, growing up was really love. Yes, yes. 
Um, but I had really loved animals and specifically like finding reptiles, going to the aquarium and all of that stuff. And then going to the ocean and mm-hmm. finding seashells and just not actually physically being able to explore the ocean, wondering like, what is that like? What, what would that be like? And then I've always personally compared the ocean to kind of like space exploration because our world is primarily ocean and most of it's unexplored. Mm -hmm. So we still don't know um, like what's at the bottom of Mariana's trench. We don't know what actually lives at the bottom of the ocean. Honestly, if you look up a picture of a blobfish and look up one that is in its natural habitat versus what we call a blobfish, they look very different. Yes. Blobfish. They look very different. So the blobfish looks kind of like a melted piece of bubble gum. Yes. But in its natural habitat, it's actually a stunning creature. It looks kind of terrifying. I think I, I think I, I'm fi- I found a picture sure. of it. it. It looks more like a real thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It doesn't look like some kind of alien. And like the so slime creature from don't... Monsters versus Aliens. Yeah, <laughs> it's so weird wow. to look at. Yeah, if you guys have never seen see a blobfish, look it up right now. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like they're doing it. They better. <laughs> Yeah. AKA uh, Mr. Blobby definitely... at the Australian Museum. Wow. Oh, that's a good sight. Yeah, it, it honestly good. looks more like a fish than the other one does. So, do you have um, an right. obsession with the blobfish? No, no, no. It's just that, um, definitely not. Um, <laughs> but it was fascinating to find out that even though we think, or at least popular culture tells us, this is what this fish looks like, um, but when we see it in its real habitat, it looks so much different. And that was kind of what stemmed for the creation of the not and not is like how to inspire kids to explore the world around them and to just wonder at that yeah. and just really be in awe of the creation that we see um, in trees and animals and specifically underwater. Cause that's what I'm really passionate about. Yeah, dude, that's awesome. Um, it, honestly, I mean, like you said, you sounds like you're a multi-passionate person, like film composing this, um, you know, painting thing, even just coming up with the, the idea of the not a not and you know, how that stemmed from your curiosity as a kid. I think that's awesome. Cause you know, staying curious is something that we storytellers have to do every single yes. day. Um, and it's something that I think motivates me personally, because, you know, as long as I want to keep learning and keep understanding new things, I can, keep improving and keep striving towards that quote unquote perfection. Um, even though it's not going to be perfect, like I've said like three times, but, um, I think that that's absolutely amazing. And like the, um, I mean, exploring the deep blue world, um, is, I mean the, the not not, um, EP that you came out with, it's, I mean, I would say it's very mysterious and it evokes that sort of idea. So, Definitely awesome. give that a listen if you're if you haven't. I'll, I'm going to link it into the description of this podcast, um, as well as I'll link your um, Instagram as well, so people can follow your That's journey great. as a film composer. Because I know you're going places. Um, but yeah, I mean, sounds like we've. I mean, we've gotten over a lot. One last question I had for you was: um, yeah. so this is something that is going to be mostly just for like comp- film composers um, or composers in general. So are all of your compositions, are they made like with MIDI synthetic instruments or do you, um, you know, play, do you record on piano or record on the other instruments? Like if you play violin, do you like stack that on top of each other ever? Have you ever done that? Or is it mostly just MIDI type of stuff? 
I think early on I had tried that um, and failed, but I had tried it um, yeah. to stack instruments. Now I use either the um, virtual Spitfire instruments, Labs. like virtual orchestras from like Spitfire. Yeah. So I use a lot of, mostly actually everything Spitfire. And so I'll do that. If not, I'll record entirely uh, live. Gotcha. So I'll, or the actual physical instruments themselves, which I prefer to do, but obviously mm -hmm. since I don't play all the instruments, it's kind of hard to do. Um, and then it's, it's just cool for each musician's approach to their own instrument, how that yeah. sounds. So that's yeah. kind of a fun aspect too. So hmm. sweet. Well, um, I mean, this has been a great conversation. Uh, I'm really happy to have you on the podcast. Um, I'm excited to see where you're going, where this craft is taking you. Um, cause I, I've, I've only seen you improve as I've known you over the past two years. Obviously I'll be talking to people on this podcast that I haven't known for. I mean, some of them, even like the, the guy I'm interviewing, um, he's a writer, a screenwriter. He, I oh, cool. have only known him for about a week now. Um, and I don't actually know wow. him. So I'm really excited to actually get to know him a little bit in the podcast. Um, and that will be coming out probably a week after this one, but, um, it was awesome having awesome. you on the podcast, Caleb, uh, everybody, I'm going to be linking his Instagram, um, on, in the description. Um, I'll also be linking his, his Spotify and, um, his website where his portfolio is at, um, just so that you can check it out. Um, and if you're someone who's looking for a film composer, definitely reach out to him cause he's got some great ideas. He's got, you know, he's got a big brain. Um, <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and you're actually going to school for that right now, right? For your, for your master's. No, my master's is in public health. Yes, public health. Um, so he is going to be a, um, a musician in hospitals. That's actually, he's going to be opening the market <laughs> for that. Um, so, yeah, so yes. it's really, I mean, it's really cool that you're going to school for that, but your passion, you, look how much you've done with your passion while you're, you know, you have your own work on the side, like your own, mm. you know, job, yeah. which is crazy. A lot of, I mean, plenty of storytellers are like that. You know, you're not the only one who's yeah. got the side yeah. hustle of yeah. what they want to do, like really want to do, but that doesn't pay the bills all the time. And, um, you know, I, if you, <laughs> if, if you need a film composer, reach out to my man, Caleb Wu. Um, he has made so much progress and I'm excited to see what he does next. Um, but yeah, it was awesome having you on the podcast, Caleb. Thank you so much yeah. for coming out. And I mean, maybe maybe down the road we'll have you on the podcast again. I don't. I mean, this is only the first episode, so we have to see what actually comes from this. Um, but I'm I'm really happy to have you on here, and it was great getting to chat with you a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Thanks so much for having me. I'm looking forward to more hearing more episodes from you. Absolutely. Well, guys, this has once again been Caleb Wu, the film composer genius from Augusta, but now in Greenville. Um, check his socials out in the description below. Um, otherwise, have a great day and keep on telling your story. Bye-bye.